Okay, we're learning Daf Nun Ches. A brief recap of the previous sugis. We can jump back in. We're learning about a dispute in the Mishnah Machlekes Hatanoim, Rabbi Meir Rabbi against Rabbi Lazar Shimon about Mishdameres Lebiapsula. What does it mean, Mishdameres Lebiapsula? It means that we know if a, girl, if a girl would have a bia that disqualifies her from Kahuna, for example, a Grusha would marry a Kain and she would have relations, so then she would become disqualified from meeting Trima. She'd be disqualified from marrying a Kohen in the future. That's clear. Um, might even become a halala. At that point, she has total disqualification ever from participating in kuhuna. But the shaila is, what if she didn't have a bia? What if she's only expecting it, waiting for it? In other words, she's in some sort of relationship at this point where it's going to lead towards the bia, but the bia has not yet occurred. So the case in the Mishnah that they were speaking about, Machlekes Atanam, was where she did a kedushin. So she did a kedushin, so she is betrothed at this point. She's in Arusa to a Grusha Tokayin. And the Shaila is, is she disqualified already at this point? On the one hand, we can say, yeah, and that's where Mayor's view. Mayor's view is that while she's currently in Arusa, in a forbidden relationship, that would disqualify her when the Bia comes, so already now she can't eat Truma. As Rabbi Lazar Shimon say, no, Rabbi Lazar Shimon say that Mishameris of Yapsula doesn't disqualify her. And the truth is that the, 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 the main point that we're looking at is that, as we learned yesterday in great detail, is that the Kohen really is a Kohen who's fine. The whole issue is just that there's an iser between them, but the Kohen is someone who could. Then, yesterday, Rav and Shmuel had a machlokas about chuppah lepsulos. In other words, imagine, wait, Rashi learned the Gemara, imagine there was no kedushin. Imagine it was just that they performed a chuppah. So a chuppah is that they're, they're getting very close to living together. So on the one hand, okay, they're already doing a chuppah, they're, they're alone together, they're very close to Bia. So maybe here, maybe everybody agrees that the disqualification occurs when this, when this grusha does a chuppah to the Kohen. On the other hand, you can make the argument that just the opposite a chuppah to a psula, like it's not really close to anything. It's, it, there's, no, there's no power. It's not effective in its own right. And maybe there's no din of a chuppah to psulos to disqualify her. So those are the, those are the, different, uh, the different views here. So we had a machlokes about it. And the Gemara tried to say that it was totally in the machlokes between Rameir, Rav, Rav, Shimon. And the Gemara quickly said it's different, right? It's not like that. It's condition is generally effective. Chuppah is not generally effective to psulos. Well, on the other hand, though, we can make the argument that chuppah is closer to biyah than a condition. So today we're starting from Ela'i Ikola Meimar. So we are seven lines down on Nun Chesim et al. Ela'i Ikola Meimar. If there is something to say, meaning now that we have this machlokes, if a chuppah is done to the psulos, if there's a chuppah between the, the, the divorcee and the kohen, does she become disqualified? If there's something to say that it should be related to a machlokas tanam, it should be tali and the machlokas of these tanam. The Tanya says in a brisa, nisu zu vizu. Kshiros upsulus. If either one of these women did nisuin with a Kohen, and who is these women? That means if it was nisuin with somebody who's kosher or nisuin with someone who's possible, whether it's somebody who's, who's good for them or disqualified for them. So what's the law? Or if they did a chuppah with the coin, but he didn't yet have a beer with them, what's the law? It sounds like we, they, they, whether it's kosher or apostle, oh, they could eat trimah from his estate. They're given the food because he's, uh, it's nesua, he has to support her. But and they're allowed to eat the trimah as well. So something here is obviously wrong with the Brisa because the Brisa seems to be saying that when a coin is having relations with a woman that's forbidden for him, it doesn't bother us. He's still, she's still going to have the right to eat trimah. So the Gemara says definitely. This is there's something that's off here because the Bryce spoke about a case where they did chuppah and then it spoke about a case where they actually had bia. Right? The Bryce is saying two things. It says if they went married or they did chuppah and they didn't have bia. So what's married? It must be that the first case of nisu is that they're is that they're actually having bia. 
Because the next case is that they only have Kopa and not Bia. But how can that make sense? If they actually literally had Bia, if she had Bia with the Kohen, then surely she's going to become disqualified from Truma. Again, that's not something that's up for discussion here. If, if a woman has relations with the Kohen when she's not allowed to, that definitely oswes her from eating Truma. So how could the beginning of the Baraisa say that when she's doing literal Nisuan, when she's actually having relations with the Kohen, that she's still allowed to eat Truma? That can't be. El Alab, what we have to do is amend the Baraisa. In other words, the second case of the Bryce is not a separate case. The, the second part of the Bryce is explaining the first part of the Bryce. The first part of the Bryce said they didn't issue it. Says the second part of the Bryce, what do I mean that they didn't issue it? I don't mean that they had relations. I mean that they did a chuppah without having relations. It's an explanation. That's what it means that they went through Nisuin. So the bride says, Mom is speaking about our case. Yeah, had they had relations, there would be no question that they, she would become disqualified. She can't eat Jerma. Says the bride, so what if that did not occur? What if it was only that they entered a chuppah, but they didn't have relations? In that case, what's the law? The bride's saying, they can eat from his estate and she can eat from Jerma. Now that the, the, the chuppah occurred, <coughs> it does not possible her up from eating Jerma. We don't say a chuppah to disqualify her and she's allowed to eat Jerma at this point. So what do we see? We see that um, we see that the chuppah doesn't disqualify. That's what it seems. That's what it seems to be. So the Gemara answers. And before we, we finish this, the Gemara brings a machlokas. Not not everyone agrees. Whenever the bia with the kohen would entitle her to eat shrima. In other words, if she would have full relations, it'd be fine. Then So then the chuppah with the kohen could also allow her to eat shrima. But with the bia, would not be Michael to eat shrima. She's not fit to him, so then in So then her chuppah is not going to entitle her to eat Shema. Rabbi Shmuel is basically saying that the chuppah is considered um, is considered chashav. We like look at it as if the bia already occurred. You know, what, what, what would be if the bia would occur? She would become disqualified. So so too, <coughs> even if the chuppah just occurred, she would become disqualified. So basically, flat out, we see that there's a dispute in the Tanom in the issue that we're talking about. If yesh chuppah or ain. That's what it seems to be. Now, just to clarify another point, this issue of chuppah lipsulos can definitely be in a case that we're talking about if it's a that she become disqualified as soon as she does the chuppah. And that was what, like Rav and Shmuel were talking about. But here in the Baraisa, it doesn't only mean in a case where I have a bas kohen that she become disqualified from the chuppah. It could also be if she's a bas Yisrael and she's marrying a kohen, where the question is not if she's become disqualified, but more about a question does she get the right to eat. So remember, an arusa, as soon as she does kedushin by Torah law, she has the right to eat. With Rabbanan, they say she only eats as if she does nesuin. So there, it can be... It can, and, as soon as there's a chuppah, she'd be allowed to eat. So the question could be, what would be if there was an arusa, she became an and now she does this chuppah, but again, she's a apostle. It's like, you know, a grusha to a coin or something like that. So the, the, the dispute here in the Tanom would be relevant whether or not she's allowed to eat truma from that chuppah. If you hold each chuppah of that it is effective, um, that, I should say, in that it doesn't possible or up like doing a bia. So then, okay, as soon as, as, soon as the chuppah occurs, they, they've had some legal state of nisuin, so then she'd be allowed to eat. But if I hold that the chuppah is viewed like it's already mishdamer uh, for the bia, and it's waiting for the bia, so just as post the bia, she become disqualified now from meeting the coin. There's no question, again, once she actually is intimate with the coin, it'd be forbidden. So already from the chuppah time, we can't see that being any better. So she would also not be allowed to eat your So anyways, that's what the Gemara is trying to say, that it's machlok of sanam if yesh so the Gemara says, "Me my, how do you know for sure that's the machlokas?" Maybe Rishmo holds like a mayor 
And uh, he holds like Ramayr, and the reason why she can't eat Trimah is because she's Mishnah Meir, meaning in our case, let's say you have a Basra who, who, who became, and she was a Grusha, and now she's getting married to a coin. So as soon as she was in Arusa, according to Ramayr, she's Mishnah Meir, Slavia So as soon as she's Mishnah Meir, Slavia already at this point, so she's, now she can't eat Trimah. It's not because of the Chuppah, per se, that is doing that. Again, our issue with Rav and Shmuel, uh, let's say, you know, we just want to know what the Chuppah does alone. But maybe the Tanoam here are going like the way it was an Erisin and then a Chuppah. And this Tana holds already from the Erisin. She's called Mishnah Sula, which is an effective thing, the Erisin. And that's why she can't eat. So the Gemara explains because the language is Mashma, it's all about the Chuppah. This Rabbi Shmuel meant to disqualify. He said, whenever the Bia won't entitle her, so then the Chuppah also doesn't entitle her. If he's because of Rameir, he should have said, if the Bia won't allow her to eat, then the Kedushin won't allow her to eat. He didn't emphasize the money, he didn't emphasize the Kedushin. He emphasized what the role of the Chuppah is. It's Mashma that his objection is not about the Mishnah the Bia coming from the Kedushin. It's not the point of Rabbi Meir of our Mishnah. It sounds like from the Kedushin itself, we don't see that she's Mishnah Meir of It's still, as we said, you know, far from the Bia, so on and so forth. But rather, the point here is, is that the Chuppah is the issue. And the Chuppah that we have, the Chuppah is the disqualifying factor because the Chuppah brings her very close to the Bia. And since if she would be intimate, that would make her a Halala. So now we see that uh, already now from the chuppah, she, that disqualification taking effect. So we see from the language that it's about the chuppah, not about the kedusha. So the Gemara says, Doma, I, I'm like, I'm not chuppah, come right, you not in chuppah. No, it's not compelling. The Tanakama was mentioning chuppah to say, even though there was a chuppah, she could still eat. So maybe Agav the Tanakama, Rabbi Shmuel responds using the word chuppah. But the truth is that Rabbi Shmuel holds that the disqualification came way before it from the Kedushan. So we don't see from here, we're not moved by the language. He may have just been using that language since the Tanakama was speaking about the chuppah. He referred back to the chuppah as well. But the truth is that it was really all about the Kedushan. So this really ends the discussion in terms of proving that it's a machlokas tanam. Again, we know there's a use of Machlekes in our Mishnah about Mishnah Meres to be Absula from the Kedushin. If a Grusha is, is, is an Arusa to a Kayin, how do we look at that? How do we look at her Skosachilas Um And then now what we want to know is Machlokes between the Amaram about the role of a Chuppah to Psulos, a Chuppah without necessarily having Kedushin, how does that impact her, disqualify her, so on and so forth. We're trying to understand if there's a validity, if there's something effective, a Chalais in the, in, in the Chuppah towards Psula. And we tried to say it was Machlokes Tanam, but we don't end up proving so. So now the Gemara moves on to a completely different source. We're going to move away from Trimah, and we're going to try to understand whether or not there's an effect to a chuppah of a chuppah on someone who's possible. So Amr Rav Amr, Hamil Samal and Rav Shesh, Rav Shesh told us something, and he opened up our eyes from the Mishnah, meaning he helped us see a proof to the discussion from the Mishnah. What did Rav Shesh say? Rav Shesh says, Yeish chuppah that if a chuppah is done with a woman you can't have beer with, it's still binding, it's still valid, um, even though they can't have Bia, but we see the Chuppah is making a Chalais under. Where do we see this with Tuna? We see this from the Mishnah in Saita. So again, what's the process here with the Saita? You have a man, he's with his wife, and then he, he's suspicious of her activities, so he gives her a Kinoi, he gives her a warning, don't, seclude, don't, don't have Bia with somebody. Once she secludes herself with, with, with that person, even though we don't know if, whether or not she had relations, whether or not she committed the adultery, the Torah says she drinks the water or she, she is ushered to her husband. So, when the husband brings her to drink, so he makes her swear. There's a, there's a shvua that she takes. And it says that the, 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 the Kohen is mashpia her, that she didn't uh, commit adultery. And then she answers amin. But if you look at the pasuk, it says, amin, amin, amin. It says it double time. She's like answering. She's affirming. The question is, what's the double amin? So the Mishnah explains, amin shlo sati, shlo sati si that she's swearing that she hasn't committed adultery in any form. 
whether she, whether she was in Arusa or in Nisua. Again, in Arusa, it's after Kedushim, it was after she was living together. So it's already Aisha Sish, the Isra of Aisha Sish is already after Arusa. So she says, she's answering Amen, not just that I didn't commit adultery after we were married, but she's answering Amen that I wasn't a Sota, that I didn't commit adultery after I was in Arusa as well, or Shemar Siavim Kunusa, or whether she was, she didn't commit adultery when she was waiting for Yibum. Let's, let's say it would be Yibam Yibam. She says, I didn't commit adultery to you while I was waiting for you to do Yibam to me, or after um, I had already been married in Yibam. Now, what's interesting is that when a woman who's waiting for Yibam is having be with somebody else, that's not a full-fledged adultery, right? That's not karais, that's not a death penalty, that's only, that's only malchus of, of a law in the Torah, of uh, but the Torah, the, the Mishnah understands it makes her also to, to Yavam. And this is a whole shtickle Torah from, from Saita that we're going like Rabbi Kiva, that even a Chavi Lavin are treated like an Erva, and this Isra of, of Yavam al is like an Erva and her husband, so on and so forth. But that's for a little bit beyond us at this point. But the bottom line is, is that when the woman is accepting the Shvua, the Mishnah says, Amin, Amin, is that she's accepting that she would be, that she didn't, she wasn't Mizan in any form. Not only when the classical case where she'd already been living with her husband that she wasn't Mizana afterwards, but she's answering Amen that she wasn't Mizana when she was in Arusa as well. Or in the Ibum scenario, not only that she wasn't Mizana after or after the Ibum was done, but even before as well. So now Zotra of says, we're gonna analyze this whole Mishnah and eventually we're gonna come out that the, about Yeshkabalipsa. So what, what analysis do we have to do? Hi Arusa Hechidami. What's the circumstance that we're talking about here of the Arusa that's drinking? If the case is, the husband warned her while she was in Arusa. The warning took place while she was in Arusa. And it was before they'd even been intimate together. The, the husband goes over to his Arusa, he's married to her, he's just not living with her yet, and he warned her, he says, don't seclude yourself with a, with a person. She ignores him and she doesn't. Everything's still in Arusa. And maybe the case is, now she's still in Arusa, everything's pre them living together. He brings her to drink when she's still in Arusa. And, um, and when the Mishnah said, Amin Shalosatisi Arusa Nesua, it means in different cases. Meaning, in a case where a woman was married, then the woman is made to swear that, wow, that she wasn't Mizanam, she was in Nesua. And the Mishnah would mean, and in a different case, where she's still in Arusa, there the Shua would be made on her that she wasn't Mizana, out her being in Arusa. But that's not true. Arusa Bas Mishnah, is there ever a case of that, of a husband bringing his wife who's only in Arusa before he lives with her to, to drink the waters? That's what the Mishnah says. If a woman gets into a sota problem when she's in Arusa or when she's expecting Gibum, she, there's no din of the sota, of a hashkalasa sota. There's no din of the process that she should drink the waters to clear her name or collect her suba. She just becomes Asra on her husband and that's it. There's no way of clearing her name. The whole thing only has to be after she is fully married. The reason we know this is because if you look, take a look at the, of the Psukim, the Psukim talk about the Lashonis of the Psukim, and this and that, about the jurisdiction of her husband, which implies that she's already living with her husband. Only a regular husband, once she's living with him, is there a process that he can bring her to drink. So if it's, she's still in Arusa, they're not, they haven't been together, they haven't been living together, there is no possibility of him bringing of him bringing her to drink. So the Mishnah can't be referring to such a thing. That's clearly not what it means. There's no halacha, again, that's for sure a fact. There's no way that a man brings his wife who is in Arusa to drink. That's clearly not the case. So what is the case? How would we have a case of a woman affirming a shua that she wasn't mezana when, when she was in Arusa? Elo dekani lekishay Arusa v'isra. Well, the case was, he, was, he warned her not to seclude herself when she was in Arusa. She secluded herself while she was in Arusa. And now he's not bringing her now while she's in Arusa. He's only bringing her later once she's already in Arusa. So in other words, the story, the suspicion happens when she was in Arusa, but then, 
Afterwards, they begin living together. And after they've been living together, so she's under the jurisdiction of her husband. Now the husband is bringing her to drink. But what is he bringing her? He's going to make her swear that she wasn't Mizana when the suspicion occurred, which is when she was in Arusa. Maybe that's the case. The problem is that that's complicated because that would mean the husband lived with her after she was already secluded herself with another man after being warned not to. So the question is, is, there, is the water effective in that case? Is there a law that you bring her to drink and the water will, will, will tell us whether or not she was Mizana in a case where after the story of the Sota, then she was intimate with her husband? Vatanya, there's a din in the bride. So the Pasuk says after the whole parish of Sota that the man is free of sin. So that's like a strange process. Of course, the man is free of sin. He didn't do anything wrong. The question is whether the wife did something wrong. So what does it mean in the man is free from sin? So we dash him as manchi. If the husband is free of sin, the waters test his wife. If the man is not free of sin, the waters don't, don't test his wife. So what does that mean? The law is that once a woman is a sota, she's also in her husband. Again, she could free her name by drinking the water and then she'll become permitted to him. But, but before she drinks from the water, as soon as she secludes herself with that person, after being warned not to, she becomes forbidden to her husband. So if her husband is free of sin, meaning he doesn't sleep with her afterwards, he respects the law of the Torah that says that after the woman is, is secluded herself with the man, now it's forbidden on him. So then he can bring his wife to drink and it can, it can tell us whether or not she was Mizana. But if the husband violated the law, and he was, with his, he was intimate with his wife after she became Asr on him, then there's no process of giving her the water to drink. She's just forever Asr on him, and that's it. So in our case, if the story, the suspicion happened, that she was Mizana, when did that occur? Well, she was in Arusa. Now, obviously now he's bringing her to drink when she's in Asua. Again, that has to be the case. So how did that happen? It must be he slept with her, he was intimate with her, after the story with the, with the suspicion, he was slapped and was intimate with her, made her a Nesua, and now he's bringing her to drink. The problem is, is that that means that he was with her, he was Mizana, he wasn't Mizana, we knew those words, but he was forbiddenly with her, intimate with her at the time he wasn't allowed to. After the story and the suspicion, he's not allowed to be with her. So how could that be the case? Ella, the case must be, he warned her when she was in Arusa, she secluded herself, so she became forbidden. Now what happened was, they didn't have a bia. The husband knew he wasn't allowed to do that. What he did was, there was a chuppah without a bia. So nobody sinned. But I, she's not in a suah. The Torah says she became in a suah through a chuppah. That's mamish our point here. Because this is a chuppah on a puzzle. It's a chuppah on a, on a woman that you're not allowed to be with. Once the Arusa was, 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 had the whole story, so the story occurred, she becomes forbidden to have bia with her husband. So she's not a woman that's capable of being intimate with her husband. She's not allowed to halachically. But ah, what's going on with this Nesuah business? Ah, she has to be in Nesuah. The Teretz is, she must be in Nesuah. How is she in Nesuah? It must be a chuppah occurred. So chuppah, we see, we see that there's a chuppah that takes effect and makes her, that makes her defined and, and, and as, as a chuppah, even though she's, a, she's, she's an Asr woman. Now what's interesting here is that now you see such a, until now we were having the discussion about, about Truma, whether she becomes disqualified from the Chuppah. Now you see what we're having is like a whole different thing. It's like, does the Arusa really become like an Asua in a total different area of Halacha? It's a different context. We want to know, does she, does she take on the, the, the shame of an Asua through the Chuppah when the Bia with her husband would be Asua? And then Aftimina here is the husband bringing his wife to drink. It has to be under the jurisdiction of her husband, which is Mashma, that he's an Asua to her. It's, 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 it's an Asuan. And the shaila is, is the chuppah daunt her after he wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be allowed to be intimate with her once the Sota story happened, does that label her as an Isua? 
So says the Gemara Marava, but his brother Mataretsi, you think that this mission is correct, meaning you think that the text, the way it is in front of us, everything is fine, and that's why you bring the proof. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you a question, says Rava, that will blow the whole thing up. Came from the south. He brought the brisa with him. What does the brisa say? It says we're talking about sota that no one is the lashon of the shul is no one else besides your husband ever slept with you. Right now, once your husband slept with you, you didn't sleep with anybody else. So what does it mean? It's mashma that the first thing that ever happened before the sota story ever happened is that she was intimate with her husband. That there was first intimacy between the husband and the wife. Then the entire suspicion arose. It cannot be that the suspicion that we have that she's a sota preceded the husband's intimacy with her. It cannot be. So our Mishnah is talking about her swearing that she wasn't Mizanam when she was, when she was in Arusa. Clearly that would mean that she hadn't yet had Bia with her husband. So there's something totally off with the Mishnah. Forget about what we're saying is he's bringing her now and, and how, do, how is it in the suah? Must be there was a chuppah. Stam, there's another tonight. Another tonight. Which means that there was intimacy between the husband before the story. So how could he ever make her swear about Sota when she was in Arusa if that would mean that the, the Boyle's theoretical alleged Bia was before the Baal's Bia. So Stam, there's something off with this entire mission. In other words, we've been focused on the time that he brings her to drink, are they in the suah? So now we could say maybe that occurred through chuppah. But what's happening now is that we're realizing there's a different law. There's a law that the shchivas habal has to precede the shchivas habayil. So that shat is stam throw up throw off the entire scenario of making a woman swear she wasn't mizan when she was in arusa. So the bar says no. We could defend the version of our mishnah. While they were in arusa, they had znos. They were, she was still living in her father's home. He didn't take her to his home. They're not doing Nisuin. But Stam, he was over. He was visiting. And they had Bia at that time. So the Tanai, the condition that there had to have been a Bia from the husband before the alleged Bia from the Baal, that condition is met. Because Lamaisa, they were intimate with each other. They wouldn't become Nisuin from that. They didn't have Das Nisuin. That's not what they were trying to do. She was still living at her father's house. He wasn't taking her Nisuin. But Lamaisa, they had a stip- the stipulation of, of the Viz Bia coming first. That occurred. Then, ah, but now our proof is, again, our proof is still bad because there's a, still a law that at, when he brings her to drink, it has to be he's bringing her when she's under her husband, when she's in a suah. So how did she become in a suah? Must be that the chuppah was done afterwards and we see yesh So the Gemara has defended the proof. The problem is, is that the Mishnah, remember, besides Arusa and Nesua, also mentioned that she's swearing she was a Mazana as a Shomeris Yavam or after Yibam. So wait a second. Let's think about that for Shomeris Yavam. Shomeris Yavam also, she has to be intimate with the Yavam, theoretically, before the suspicions arise. So how are we going to make that make sense? The Kavasega of Shomeris Yavam. In the parallel case about a woman waiting for Yibam, Shabala Yavam Vizchamiya, what are you going to say? That she was back by her father's house, father-in-law's house over here, and the Yavam, the Yavam didn't, wasn't intending to do, to do the mitzvah of Yibam, but they, so they had a beer. They had a beer when she was Shomeris Yavam without, you know, big das over here, and that was the case, and then before he took her in Yibam, afterwards, uh, there was a s- suspicion that she was Mizana, but that doesn't make sense, because top of the Ahmed Bey, Shomeris Yavam, Karisla, would you call her someone awaiting from Yibam? Ishtamalya, she becomes a regular wife. Daham Rav, Rav said on Daphne Vav, that a Yibam that is done without Das makes her a full-fledged wife. So what's this bringing us back to? This is bringing us back to Daphne and Vav. We know that the Torah says when you do, normally when you do something without Das, it's not, it's not Chal, it's not an effective acquisition. But we learned that by Yibam, Yibam done without Das is still Yibam. So we had a dispute between Rav and Shmuel. Shmuel said, it just means that the Kenyan Yibam is Chal, like he yashins the estate, there's Zika is off, but it's not a full-fledged wife. 
So maybe we can understand according to Shmuel, she's still called the Shomer Siyafim because she's not really a full-fledged wife at this time. But according to Rav, Rav understood, like for example, we saw in Daphne Vav, she could eat Truma, according to Rav. What's the point? It's a full-fledged marriage. And once the Torah says that Yibam without Das is a Yibam, so it's a full-fledged wife at this point. It's a total, a total 100% marriage. So according to Rav, what's the case? A Shomer Siyafim, we have to make it sense. We have to make, meet the condition that they had Bia first, that the Yavam and the Shomer Siyafim had Bia first. And we still have to have it that we're, the question of the Sota is when she was a Shomer Yavam. So that's a paradox. That doesn't make any sense. Because once they had to be on any level with Das, on Das, it won't make a difference, then she's no longer a Shomer Yavam. She's, she, she, the mitzvah of Yavam has been fulfilled completely. So what is the... And, and that has to happen before the suspicion arises. Because again, we need Kadma Shechivas Ha... Shechivas Ha'ba'al Shechivas so what can the case be? So we're again forcing the point that there's something off about the Mishnah itself. And once there's something off about the Mishnah, the original proof that we wanted falls away. So the Gemara says, no, Kishmuel, could be we're going like, Kishmuel, Dharma, Lokana, Dharma, Parsha, that Yibam, an inferior act of Yibam, done without Das, is only Kona for things that are essential of Yibam, to take away the Zika and Tiyash in the state, but it's not a full-fledged marriage. So that's why we'll still call her a Shomeris Yabam. Says the Gemara, time the Rav, but we're trying to support something that Rav said, right? Remember, Rav Sheshes was trying to support Rav Shita. Rav is the one who says, Yishchopalopsilus. That's the whole game over here, is to bring a proof to Rav. So we have to make it work in Rav, right? I'm a Rav Kadalakol, and Rav's personal Shita, and Daphne Vav was that the inferior Yibam is kind of for all aspects. So it, it, we can't have our cake and eat it too. Say we're going like Shmuel when we're trying to bring a proof to Rav. So the Kitzur, the Gemara, defends the support from Rabbi. We're explaining how it makes sense. But the case was that the Yavam did Maimer with the Yavama. Um, and then after she, she, she was warned and she secludes herself with another man, that Maimer is Kone Kenyan Gomer. So what's the point here? Remember, Beisillah holds that Maimer is only a Durabanan Kenyan, only affects partially. But according to Beishamai, a Yavama is no longer considered a Shomeris Yavam. She's like a regular, it's like a regular taking of, of marriage, a regular Nesua of the Yavam after Maimer. So therefore, well, what's the point here? So we could say, now, what was the case of Shomer Yavam? Really, they didn't have Bia. They, they didn't have Bia at all. They never had Bia. You're right. If they would have Bia, she would no longer be Shomer Yavam. This Yavam would be complete. But it's considered that because he did the mimer with her, therefore she's considered to be under his jurisdiction of a husband because of the mimer, and and he's bringing her to drink because of the mimer that was doing now. In other words, the, the question was when she was Mizana was before the mimer. But the point is that um, now that he does the mimer, he's going to bring her to drink. Now, but wait a second. Wait a second. How have we answered the question? Where's the Kadmash Chivas Baal Abayl? Right? That was, that was kind of what we were trying to tiptoe around. So Rashi learns Pshat that since Yivam is a continuation of the deceased brother's marriage, so Pshat is, I'm taking over his marriage. So the Saita Shaila, it's not a new Saita Shaila between me and her. And I want to know where was my Bia first with her. It's a continuation of that marriage. And my brother had been intimate with her. So therefore, the Tanai of Shkadma Shkivas Ba'al I see that's fulfilled because my brother had Bia with her. Now the Shaila is, was she Mazana while she was in the Masav of Shomeris Yavam? So that's a Shaila. Maybe it happened when it doesn't. I, I have to bring her when I'm married to her. So we're going that I did a mimer to her. I did a mimer. And now it's considered that I'm fully married to her. And now I'm bringing, I'm bringing her in that way. That's the way Rashi learns the Gemara, which is very interesting because there's so much missing from the text. In other words, the struggle that we had, that we've been looking at right in the last step of the Gemara, is that what's the case of Shomeris Yavam? You have to meet the condition of Kadmash Kivas Baal And if you do that, she won't be called the Shomeris Yavam. The Iker to the Gemara really is that what? That, that, that came from the deceased husband. That was Kadmash Kivas Baal Even was a continuation of the marriage. Now, now the Shaila was whether she was in when she was a Shomeris Yavam. And I'll meet the condition of the fact that 
she has to be, and she has to be in a suah when I bring her to drink, that is that I did a minor. That's the way Rashi is learning the Gemara. The Gemara, you think, would have emphasized that point a little bit here, that the Kadosh Chivas Baal Abayl came from the previous marriage. Okay, Al-Kopanim, the Gemara asks, Ihaq, if that's what's going on, Hani Arusa. So it's essentially the same exact thing as Arusa, because once you're going that a mimer was done, so it's essentially the same thing as Arusa. So the Gemara says, according to what you're reasoning, that, that, that it has to be, that everything has to be different. What's an Asu and what's a Knusa? It's essentially the same. I mean, whether or not you're married to her because you did a Yibam or you're married to her because you stopped married a woman, it's essentially the same. He mentions it differently because in the case of something, a marriage is completely your own. And we're talking about a different case in the Mishnah where it was done through Yibam. So even though, yeah, it ends up at the same point, it's a full-fledged wife after Yibam and a full-fledged wife when you do a regular Asu, but the Mishnah refers to it differently. So Arusa and Shemaris Yavim differently, even though Shemaris Yavim, the case is that it was my murder, it ends up being in Arusa and it ends up being a woman you're married to. But the bottom line is, is that, um, that it, it's listed separately because it came about differently. So this is the end. This is the maskana of something of, of, of a point that we have. And, and it seems that we're working with a, with a nice proof that there was a chuppah that was done from the fact that you're making from the fact that you're making her drink when she's in Arusa, how does that work? Obviously, she's not in Arusa now. She has to be, she's in Arusa now. It must be that the chuppah was done. The chuppah was done from the chuppah of Now, the Gemara was getting very, very nervous with this because where's the chuppah's baal abayo? Elamai, that was baal abayo. But how are we going to make that work with the yavim case? So the Gemara dealt with how it works in the yavim case. And therefore, the proof that we had originally is able to come back. But now, the Gemara gives a different explanation. Rapapa Amar. I Tanu, it could be that the mission of Sot is going like this Tanu. Tanya says in a price, This Tanu concedes that a husband who has not yet been with his wife, he's not living with her, cannot bring her to drink while she's still in Arusa. But you could warn her when she's in Arusa for the purpose of causing her to drink when she's in Arusa. In other words, this Tanu holds that if Nisuin, in other words, he didn't, he didn't have any any bia with her before the nesuin or anything like that, and he and, 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 and there was nothing there was there was no issues like this. But the bride so holds that after nesuin, and he had bia with the husband, the husband could have her to drink even though but for violating the the kinoin steer when she was in arusa. So what goes on? I we learned before that uh, that you have to have It must be that this Tana just doesn't hold like that. He doesn't hold like that. And second of all, that the fact that he has to be Minuka Ishmael Avon, this Tana must does not hold that way. This Tana is saying that you can give her Kinoi and Stira can occur when she's in Arusa, and you'll make her drink when she's in Asua. Earlier the Gemara blew that up. Number one, you have to make sure there's Shivas Baalabail. Number two, you have to make sure the husband wasn't intimate with her after when he wasn't allowed to. This Tana must simply not hold that way. This Tana disagrees with those laws. This Tana holds that as long as right now you're bringing her to drink when, when, she, when you are in a suet to her, even if the story occurred when she was in Arusa and you didn't have a, a Shrivas Baal coming before and you didn't have that the husband is Minuka Me'avan, still he could give her to drink. So once I see that these premises that we've been assuming, not everybody holds like, look, this Tana disagrees. So we can say that the Tana, the Mishnah also disagreed and that's why he's bringing her to drink. The whole raya that we had, Yishchabal Absulos, was based upon the premise that you have to have Shrivas Baal Abayl and you have to have, and it has to be in a suah now, so it must be that it came about through a chuppah. And now we're saying that everybody agrees with that premise, and that's how the Mishnah could be gone. So there's the Gemara, one more explanation to defend the proof. Could be going about the principle of Gilgal. What's Gilgal? Gilgal is that once I'm, I'm, I'm making you swear about something that you have to swear about, I can, I can roll out 
it can have a domino effect that can make you swear about other things that really aren't in their own right, I wouldn't have the right to make you swear about. So this is the case. A woman regular, it wasn't a case of quinoa and steroid and cheese and arusa. Nothing like that at all. The whole suspicion only occurred afterwards in a suit after they've been regular in a suit. But once you're making this regular sota after she was in a suit, you're making her swear she wasn't mezana out in the suah, so then you could be megalgo on her. Oh, by the way, swear that you were mezana onto me when you were in arusa also. Not that there was a suita story when she was in arusa. A suita story in arusa gets complicated. You can never make it work out to make it be mashka. The case is it's a regular girl with the Saita story happening after Nesuin. But once you're making her swear on the Nesuin, so Amin Amin says it's a dead of Gilgul Shavuah that she should swear about maybe she was Mizana also when she was in Arusa and she has to take the Shavuah that she wasn't. So not that there was a Saita process taking place when she was in Arusa. So we don't end up with a proof. Our whole premise was that there was a Saita story happening when she was in Arusa. So, ah, yes, to bring the Wintis in Nesuin. Oh, it must be that it occurred through Chopah. The Gemara's coming out that no, he's just making her swear to that, but not that there was a Saita when she was in Arusa. All right. Now the Gemara continues. Now we get back to a little creativity with Mishnah Meris Levi Epsula. One of the Yavams does a mimer with his wife. Yeshalach is another living brother. So you have two brothers, right? She's waiting for Yibam from one of the two. One brother did mimer. So remember, after one brother does mimer, what's the law? His brother is not allowed to have beer with the girl. In other words, once one brother chooses to do mimer, so he's partially taking her in. So now she's not allowed to do Yibam with the other guy, right? She can only do Yibam with this guy. So, but but, but Lamaisa, because she has the Zika, she's kind of Mishdameris for Rabia from both. It's a very interesting thing when you bring together the rabbinic world and the Daraisa world. She has a Zika attachment to both brothers. One brother does Mimer, which means that she, and now it, it, it defines that she's only for him, partially. So now uh, she has still a Zika attachment to both brothers, but the Din is that the Bia with one of them would be also. Avilu Kohen Vikohen, it's even if he's a Kohen and she's a Kohen, it's Solomon at Truma, he disqualifies from eating Truma until the Yibam is over. So what's the fart? Ordinarily, if a Kohen is married to Kohenes, and then a guy died childless and she's fallen to Yibam to one of brothers, she can continue to eat Truma. But here, once one guy did Maimer, now she's Mishdameris to be Absula. Why? Because she has the Zika Midaraisa attachment for Yibam to both brothers. And the Bia would definitely be Kona her, right? Because of the Daraisa world, Maimer is totally ineffective. But Midrabanan at this point, it's also for her to do Bia with what brother who didn't do Maimer. So basically, what it is, is that she is waiting, she's Mishdameris for Bia Absula. For the Bia from the brother who didn't do Mimer, which would possible. So we're saying because of that, she can't eat Truma right now. So if nobody would do Mimer, very interesting thing. If nobody would do Mimer and she'd been eating Truma when she was married and now that she's passed away and now she has Zika to a coin, she could eat Truma. But once one brother does Mimer, that makes her Mishamaris to be Absula from the other brother. So now she loses, she doesn't have a right to eat Truma. Says the Marlaman, according to which time you live in the Ramayr, you have to say according to Ramayr. Ramayr held, remember the Mishnah, that a Grusha to a Kayin. She's Mishdameris the Bipsula. Once there's an Erisin, so she can't eat Truma. Says the Gemara. So you're going to say, it's just like he says there, when there's an Erisin between a Grusha and a Kayan, she can't eat Truma. It's Mishdameris the Bipsula. So do we here. But there, no, it's different. It's only over there because she's waiting for an Isr Daraisa. Right? She, a Grusha to Kayan is an Isr Daraisa. So maybe that's where the disqualification hits already when she's, she's expecting that Bia. Where the Bia is only Asma Darabonan. Did he ever say that? Here, once you did Mimer, the Isser for the other brother to do Bia, it's an Isser Midrabana. Mimer is partially Kona Midrabana, so the other brother shouldn't do it. That's only an Isser Midrabana. So maybe there's no Din Mishameris to be Absula from an Isser Midrabana. Maybe even according to Rabbi Lazar Shimon, that Mishnah Meris to be Absula never disqualifies from Truma. So that for sure doesn't make sense, right? Even when she's Mishnah Meris to be Absula at a Daraisa level, she could still eat according to Rabbi Lazar Shimon. They held what a woman was, 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 was betrothed, Grusha to a kind, she could still eat. 
where it's only Nisvet Darabanan, there's no question that she should be able to. So clearly, that law doesn't make sense according to our laws of Shemin. So we don't understand this law that we're saying. Again, we're saying woman dies um, from a Kayin, and, 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 and she'd be needing Truma. They're both calling him. She's falling now. She's falling out with two brothers. Once one does Mimer, the other one now is Asr on her, and therefore she's Mishamaris to be she can't eat. The Gemara is challenging, and since it's only Mishamaris to be Absolut so that it shouldn't take away her rights to eat Truma. So the Gemara says, Ella, we concede, rather we switch it. If it's a case where someone who just does Mimer, everybody agrees she continued to still eat Truma. She go to her father's house and eat Truma, everything's fine. The question is, Yeshua Achalo. Here the issue is, is that one of the brothers, right, the Yavam has another brother who's a Chalo. Right, let's say the Yavam's father, right, the Yavam is kosher, but the Yavam's father had Bia with a divorcee, and they had a son who's a Chalo. So, so you have two, two, two brothers here, two Yavams. One is kosher, but one is a Chalo. And when you're a Chalo, that Bia would disqualify you on a Daraisa level from, from eating Trim. If this, if this Kohanis would, would, would be a Bia with the Chalo. So then, everybody would agree she can't teach her, even if she's the daughter of the Kohen. And even if she, even if she would do Mimer from the Yavam who's, not, who's kosher, but on the Darisa level, she's still waiting for Bia from any of the dead husband's brother, which includes the Chalo. And if he would have Bia with her, Midaraisa, now she can't teach her. Again, if a Kohen, a Bas Kohen, if she has Bia with the Chalo, while she's intimate with the Chalo, then on a Darisa level, she can't teach her anymore. So one, even though Mimer was done by the non Chalo brother, but she's Mishnah to the. She's expecting, she has a Zika attachment, she's Mishnah Meretz to the Bi'ab Sulam from the Chalo, and therefore she can't eat Truma anymore. Everybody would agree she cannot eat Truma. And what's interesting is, even according to Rabbi Zerub Shimon, that someone who's, 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 who's Mishnah Meretz to the Bi'ab Sulam can, can still eat Truma, but here it's going to be worse. Why? Because here it's a Chalo. In the case of the Mishnah, it was a Grusha to a Kayim. So the Kayim, the Etzim, has a power to eat Truma. Just, it's a forbidden relationship. So there, Rabbi Zerub Shimon said she could eat Truma. But in our case, where she's Mishnah Meretz to the Bi'ab of a Chalo, so the Cholo has no power to ever feed Truma. So everybody would agree she had Alstam Mishnah Meris to the Bia Psula. From the Cholo, she cannot eat Truma. So everybody agrees. The Machlokas would be, what if the brother of this Kohen who dies gave the Yivam a get? Remember, we spoke about a get is Midrabanan, right? Midrabanan, there's no such thing as giving a get to a, to a Shemaris Yavam. But the case is Midrabanan, once you give a get, it's also to have Bia with her. It's like... So it's like Midrabanan, we see Yibam being off the table. Midaraisa, she's still Zakuk to uh, she's still Zakuk to have to have Yibam. So what happens? And not only that, it's also an Isra Midrabanan to, to marry her now in a calling now it's Grusha, right? Because it's a get. So now what happens? He gave her a get. Rebbechan says she continued to eat the Truma from her father's house. Rebbechan says she can't. Again, she's a Shemaris Yavam. The Yavam calling here gives her a get. The question is, does that get answer her up? To go back to her father's house and eat. Why? What's the Shiloh? Is she Mishnah Maris the Bia Because now that a get was given, she shouldn't do Yibam, right? Because the get was given. But the Shiloh, and Shiloh is though, on a Daraisa level, she still has the Zika attachment, which is making, making her Mishnah Maris waiting and expecting a Bia for the person she shouldn't have Bia with on a Darabonan level. Even according to our mayor, the Mishnah Maris the Bia can eat. That's only Bia Psula on a Daraisa level. Here's a Bia Psula only on a Drabanan level, right? It's only a Drabanan level. This, that after a get is given, she shouldn't have Bia with that, with that Yavim, is only a Drabanan. So since it's only a Drabanan, so we can understand Rabbi Yechanan that she should still be allowed to eat from her father's house. Even according to Rav Lazar of Shimon, that a woman who shamers to be absolutely true, that's because only there she is, she, she's entitled, she is mishamers to be absolute to someone who in general entitles a woman to eat truma in other cases. Right? You're talking about a regular Kohen. Punkti is doing an Avera 
by being by, by betrothing a grusha, but in general he has the rights to feed. But once the Kohen gives the Yivam get, even the Inlach there's no general ability to give a woman Truma in another case. In other words, when, in this type of relationship, a divorce, there's no case where a Kohen through divorce is able to feed his wife Truma. So she's Mishnah to be a Psula, and it's through a circumstance of divorce, and in a circumstance of divorce, there's no similar parallel case where he ever feeds. So maybe even. Loves Rav Shimon would agree that she can't. What do you mean? What about Choseris? Choseris, that she could go back to eat Shema through. If he, would, if he would completely divorce his wife, she would go back and eat, and eat Shema from her father's house if her father was a Kohen. So there is a concept of a Kohen feeding a divorce, his divorced wife. Why? Because if he gives her a divorce, if she's a Bas Kohen, she goes back to her father's house. But that's not from, the, from, the, from her husband. From her ex. That idea, she's detached from Nasha. She goes back to her father's house. That's not the Cohen feeding her. The Cohen divorced her. He's not feeding her at all once she's divorced. This Yavam, who received the gift from her Yavam, she's still attached to him through, the, through, through, through Yibam. So she is Mishtameres Libia Psula through him. And uh, she's Mishtameres Libia Psula on a Derisa level. And he can't, and because of the together, it's really bringing together the Derisa and the Drabana. On a Derisa level, the Zika's there. On a Drabana level, she can't have Bia with him. She's Mishtameres Libia Psula. And this divorced woman, this Darabana divorced woman, there's no concept of a Kohen ever feeding his divorced wife. So it's in where the Kohen never is Michael Bamakumachar, a divorced woman. So therefore we should say everybody agrees, says Rish Lakish that she cannot eat. So what are we coming out? Let's just clarify a little bit. We know Machlok is Tanom about Mishnah the Biapsula in the classical case where a Kohen betrothes a Grusha. That was clear. Ramir says that she doesn't eat, Rabbi Shimon says that she could eat. The Yisraeli Machlokes is the Kohen could feed Bamakumachar, but in this particular case, it's an Osirtika relationship. That's the, the variables. So the Gemara wants to know what's come, what we're coming out is that let's say it's a Yibam scenario. So the, the girl was eating Truma before, she continued to eat Truma from her father's house. So if it's just a case where, um, where, where, where somebody, somebody did, did a mimer, so certainly she's able to eat. Mimer does not, it's not going to remove anything. It's only, on the other oven, that's fine. If one of the brothers is a Cholol, she for sure can't eat. The There's no question. A Cholol can and never has the capability of, of feeding Truma. She for sure can't eat. The dispute here with Rabbi Yochanan is what if one of the guys give her a get? After he gives her a get, he now offers her up the Yibam, but she still is Mishtameris for the Bia because of the Zika attachment on a derisal level. And we want to look at the relationship here for the, for the, for the Yavam and the woman that he divorced. Is he a Yeshul Hachim a The nature of the Isser that not to marry her is only Drabanon, but it's an, there's no concept of a Kohen ever feeding his divorced wife Truma. So one way we should say, it's only Mishamir to be Psulim and Drabanon, so she should eat. On the other hand, the Gemara is making the argument that it's an Inlo Lahachim Makumacher, and therefore she's not allowed to eat Truma. Okay, we'll stop here.